One year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kyiv. Well, I've just come from a visit to Kyiv, and I can report Kyiv stands strong. It stands tall, and most important, it stands free. Freedom. There is no sweeter word than freedom. There is no nobler goal than freedom. There's no higher aspiration than freedom. And all that we do now must be done so our children and grandchildren will know it as well. Freedom. Let us move forward with a binding commitment to be allies, not of darkness, but of light, not of oppression, but of liberation, not of captivity, but yes, of freedom. May God bless you all. And may God bless the heroes of Ukraine and all those who defend freedom around the world. So the Truth in Democracy Coalition was formed to build a pro-democracy movement in America. We educate the public about disinformation, teach people to be critical of the propaganda they consume, and provide critical analysis of current events and social issues. We produce media and educational materials, hold seminars and meetings, work with other organizations, and organize events and activities geared toward building a pro-democracy movement in America. The coalition seeks to build communities of people of different faiths and ideologies to defend and promote democracy locally, nationally, and globally. And we have a monthly meeting every month, and next month we're having Dr. George Simon, who is an internationally recognized expert on manipulators and other problem characters, and the author of three best-selling books. He's going to be speaking about recognizing character disturbance in politicians and leaders so that we don't elect them into office and recognize um, the, this problem of phenomenon of our time is what he calls it, character disturbance. And then, and that is going to be on March 19th at noon. And you can register for that by going to tinyurl.com slash disturbed character. So, and then we have another event coming up in um, April. Yes. And that will be with um, diversity, equity, and inclusion expert and organizer, Sandaya Ja. And we'll be talking there about why America having discussion about why America is not a racist nation. And so that more information to come on that. Now, and I, at this time, I'd also like to open it up to discussion. Any, you see any other comments or questions in the chat? I have a comment here. Uh, Susan Rico says, I think it's important to distinguish that the liberalism you're speaking of is frequently called classical liberalism, to distinguish it from the modern use of the word and more aligned with libertarian libertarianism today yes it is classical liberalism i would say absolutely classical liberalism and but i i think that sometimes we make this, these distinctions and obviously when people use the word liberal that's important what do we mean when we use it do we mean libertarian i generally don't and when the right says liberal, they mean socialist is what they mean. They mean progressive. And when the left says liberal, they mean neoliberalism or some negative thing. So about liberalism. 
So what so, is your definition of liberalism? Well, I think the classical liberalism is what I'm talking about here. Classical liberalism, um, individual rights and democracy and equal treatment under the law. What about, and, progress- and I think what about so, progressivism? Progressivism tends to be associated in my mind with socialism. Um, Isn't, is that a bad thing? Well, you know, I think about socialism is um, I'm not a socialist because I don't believe in Marx's ideas. And when we talk about socialism, what we often are referring to, we're thinking more of social democracies like in Northern Europe, Sweden, and so forth. Um, can't, with, can't they be combined in a way like libertarian democracy and social, socialism? Because I think I, they both work. I think they can be, well... I think we have social democracies, which I think are if what you're talking about. And I and those are I think those are great. I think that's what we're talking about. When we're, but when we talk about socialism itself as an ideology and we start to get into a conflict between these principles, ideological principles, like this is, you know, we we start to develop this ideological struggle that they're not completely compatible. Socialism and liberalism are not completely compatible ideologically but we can have social policies like a social democracy where we provide services we protect equal rights we protect people's rights and we um, provide for the basic needs of the community i think in some sense when people talk about socialism when they mean that that's perfectly fine i i'm in support of that but it's not necessarily the proletariat versus the bourgeoisies and the emphasis on on markets and the economy rather than on the political structure and social and rights and liberties and so forth. You know, I, I think that we start to get into this ideological debate that is, I think, destructive of liberalism. So we have to counter the extremes, I think. But yeah, I think they can both be not necessarily combined, but we can have a policy, a liberal policy of social democracy where we're providing for the needy, and but we still have a market economy to some extent, and we still have, you know, businesses and corporations and all that. You know, we're not tearing that down. And I, I think creating a whole entire system as Marx envisioned is probably not going to work. So, yeah, in some sense, Jeffrey, yeah, we can combine them in a way that's that's healthy and good but also recognize that when we're when liberalism is being attacked ideologically that's an important point to be aware of because the problem is is not that you know there's some distinction between these ideologies or that whether we can do one or another it's that we have propagandists from both the left and the right both foreign and domestic who are inserting messages into our minds through the the media and through fundraising appeals and through communications like this that are anti-liberal. And that's the problem when it becomes an anti-liberal, that, that the struggle is over our minds and the ideologies and the attitudes that we have. So that when they say attack the individual or attack when they say neoliberal, right, they're attacking a Democratic candidate. That's just plain and simple. That's what's happening. You know, it's not that the candidate just because the candidate maybe doesn't isn't is insufficiently socialist for 
the progressive groups. And we end up attacking ourselves. And then we end up on the right, the far right. You know, we end up um, being Putin apologist, anti-American. We end up supporting anti-Americanism because America is an imperialist country. What I just read an article about that. And we end up seeing America as the evil in the world when it's not. And that's the danger here. When we... But I know, but I know we did many bad things during the Cold War. If you if you know that, we and everybody in the entire world, and we because we have more power, have done terrible things. Absolutely, or not? We, the nation, our leaders, you know, our, we are far from perfect. But when we compare, but we have to compare ourselves to others, right? They, we're not North Korea. We're not Russia. We're not China. You know, they done they done more evil than that than us. Yeah, I think if you look at um, the the Iron Curtain that runs through Africa, you know that's all that's all Putin, China, Pedrosian, and their and their influence in the Southern Hemisphere. But in South America, we have a lot of democracies, even though we've done bad things and overthrown those democracies. Those were terrible errors, terrible mistakes. No, yeah. You know? Um, we have not been opposed to democracy as China and Russia and North Korea and other dictators are. Our preference for democracy and some of the good things we've done. So it's it's important not to see us through, uh, not to look at us through rose-colored glasses or to through black glasses either. You know, we have done. The world is full of evil. And we have participated, our nation has participated in it. But it doesn't mean that our nation is the evil empire that Putin wants us to believe or that some socialists want us to believe. We just need to fix, fix our image. Well, yeah, I think um, we're doing, we're, we're getting there, but we also... Um, have to keep from being divided in this country over issues that uh, that are pushing us further and further to the right. You know, when the attack on liberalism pushes us further to the right, not to the left. That's the problem. Attacking our liberal foundations undermines our democracy. It doesn't support it. So. Um, Jana Rose Kelly asked, Besides this quote by Angela Davis, printed by JBP, are you aware of other attacks on liberalism from individuals on the left? Well, yeah, I mean, I, just, just the neoliberalism is, is one example I've brought up. And the fact that we are Putin apologists, you know, that we've now are attacking not only individualism, but America as a country, as if we were the evil empire. You know, these are the ideas that come out of the right, as if this conflict in Ukraine were an inter-imperialist conflict and had nothing to do with the rights and freedoms of the Ukrainian people. We can see it coming over and over again. Now, right now, we have these people from Code Pink, right, who are saying, oh, we got to have an investigation over the Nord pipeline disaster. Or, or that whether America targeted this pipeline from Russia to Germany, you know, we don't need. No, we don't need to do that. There's Russia is in 
in a war. You know, if we did that, nobody was killed. No oil was spilled because Russia had already cut it off. So there's, so this is the type of thing that we begin to see when we when we actually listen to what people are saying. You know, if we listen to what people are saying, and that it's highly, highly negative towards the United States, highly, highly negative towards uh, our constitution, and 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 that that is a problem. You know that. It's the excessive negativity that creates negative attitudes and against. And so we get into conflict, people who support America versus people who are opposed to America, who think America is the evil empire versus people who think America is the great Christian nation. And that's the conflict that we have. And I think that conflict is, is ends up with both, with the both extremes moving farther and further to the right. To author- toward authoritarianism. So America is still the beacon of democracy around the world, although we now have a flawed democracy and are backsliding, and that's what we're trying to stop. But yeah, let's see. Um, Rao, and I can't say the first name. Go ahead and um, unmute yourself. Yes, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Yes, uh, nice evening and uh, evening here in New Jersey. Yes, uh, I just want I just wondering about uh, uh, what is the level feel uh, feel is level to our citizens. You know what we make our country is number one planet Earth, and then planet universe also on the Mars. We are the number one. We nobody won't beat us. No country won't beat us. That's hundred percent perfect. So we have to make the our enemies level ground feel fair. Then our enemies to know our enemies means our different countries, whoever, like North Korea, like whatever it is, example. They know we are the number one. They know already know that we are number one in the universe anyway, all forms of anyway. So our citizen is also number one. They need to when the we welcome all world country peoples. Uh, as a red carpet here. We welcome them. They are safe and secure. Their lives is better than their countries. We're making the red carpet living here. But our citizens goes to other countries, our enemies, our friends, our neighbors, whatever it is. I mean, they don't welcome us the red carpet. They want our dollars. They want our jobs. They want our thing. But when our citizens go there, they don't welcome in the red carpet. They jealousy about our citizens. What we need to do is we don't want to fight with them. We don't want to go war with them. We just need to our citizen, ordinary citizens as a number one their country. Number one, when they going to uh, taking the other country by flight, they already they land over there. They make our citizens the number one red carpet. Thus, make the field level. They understand these country people, number one country people coming to visit our country. They are the VIPs, very very important persons. They need to make the dust away field level. They understand. They never ever 
dare to come our country. You know, that is right. the politics we have to do. We, that is the number one. What is the number one? Country means people, people means country. With the country number one, so then people are so number one. There is no difference, but they want our resources, our economy, our jobs, everything, but our citizens are not treated by number one their country when we visit there. That is the difference. That is we must need to focus on it. And then they understand what we are. They never come at look look at us like an enemy again. That is the that is social. That is the way, that is the weapon. I understood. Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, Mr. Rao. You know, I was reading an article today that people, we, we think we're oppressed here in the United States, you know, it, it, for a person, I read an article, it's from a person who escaped from North Korea. And she looks at it and says, what the heck are we talking about? We have people coming from socialist countries and, you know, and America is oppressive and, and it, it boggles their minds. So, um, Samuel, uh, so um, you put the question in the chat, Samuel? I did put the question in chat, and uh, I'm sure you uh, respond to it. Thank you. Okay. Do you see the question, Mom? Well, I finally found it. Okay. What is it? Uh, okay. It's a little wrong. Wait a minute. Have you read Bob Avakian's book, which separates the new communism from the traditional or Stalinist communism i assume you dislike socialism as you find it to communism this there is an organization of social democrats avakian believes in a wait a minute let me get it's a document democracy which a new better structure of elections uh, you know i i worked with um refused fascism and that's where i met samuel when they were working to impeach Donald Trump. And when people on the left were saying ridiculous things like Trump is just a symptom, you know, and and they were and the poor people's campaign was refused, did not allow their participants to engage in work to impeach Donald Trump when we absolutely needed to hold that man accountable. He was a threat to our democracy at the earliest points. And uh, so I was frustrated as I was thankful that refused fascism was out there working to impeach Donald Trump. Hi, Benjamin. I see your hand up and I'll get to you. OK, so um, I really think that. But I'm not too fond of Bob Avakian. Um, I've listened to his stuff a little bit and it's very wordy. And um, there's a issue on the left that. The idea that you just list a group of grievances, list all these grievances, and then you come to the conclusions that, you know, America is, is evil uh, or something. But you can, people can list grievances all over the place. And, uh, but having a balanced view where we see both sides, see both the good and the bad, I think is, is important. And I have not read Bob Avakian's book. And um, from what I've read of him, you know, I find it repetitive and just a list of of things, and with with no real logical connections being drawn. And um, so that that's why I don't like Bob Avakian, and and but I haven't read it, so I can't really comment on his book. Okay, um, Benjamin, did you want to say something? 
Yeah. So um, the the uh, I don't remember um, uh, something about Trump. Um, uh, Trump wants uh, to keep us on the left and not the right because uh, Trump and his extreme uh, mega Republicans are trying to uh, use it for power. But uh, if they did, then why are they trying to get in control of the constitution and democracy from um, uh, for having us to uh, stand on the left and notes on the right. Okay. Um, run that by me a little bit again, Benjamin. I'm trying to understand it as best as can. Why is the right trying to do what? Okay, so um, what? So uh, 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 my question was, uh, why is Trump uh, wants us to, keep, to stay on the left uh, 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 instead of on the right side. Okay, well, I'm going to try to see. Trump is is a right wing um, person. He's more about himself, really, and uh, he's using propaganda. He's a propagandist, plain and simple. Trump is a huge propagandist, and he's appealing to the worst parts of America. Okay, but on the left. We have people who, you know, Putin has his hands in a lot of things. Where do people get their money from? You know, who 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 are are there pushing his agenda? And part of it is ideological that they really believe America is the imperialist um, evil empire, and part of it is just they listen to to Putin's anti. Western world, anti-American, anti-NATO um, propaganda. And so what happens is on the left, we get repeated Putin's propaganda by people who have developed over the years a negative attitude towards the United States and towards America. So over the years, with this indoctrination of these anti-liberal, anti-American sort of messages because we have to be critical there's one thing about being critical it's another thing to be excessively negative so we can be critical and speak truth to power without being condemning the entire system and our entire nation and its history and any action that it takes you know becomes america can do no good in the world no america can do good in the world and we got and so what we end up with is that when america wants to overthrow a democracy or when the politicians in power want to overthrow a democracy in another country nobody stops them but the moment that we want to support a democracy or def help support a country that's being attacked by a fascist nation we get a bunch of people on the left screaming you know so so that the injection into this is not just from Trump, but other domestic and foreign propagandists instilling us negative attitudes towards our own country, towards our own people, and towards and towards the entire Western world. And at that point, we are in a major problem. We have now become part of the far right or part of the fascist agenda. Because if you go too far on the extremes, it's more like a triangle. There's a point when you go too far that they meet. You know, that that fascism and revolutionary radical ideas taken to two extremes end up meeting 
each other. And liberalism is the, um, it's the antidote to authoritarianism. That's what it was created for, and that's what it is. So we need to defend our, our liberal democracy here um, and not condemn our country. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Um, why are the Republicans are trying to take it all away from us? Take our what away from us? Uh, uh, take away our democracy and voting rights from us. Are you saying why are the mega extremists trying to take our democracy away? Well, they're under the influence of far-right propaganda. And they, I think that they are deceived, basically, but that they don't, that, that they've been told that democracy is threatened. And then they feel threatened, and some of them are racist. I mean, the, when we talk about far-right extremists, we're not really talking about conservatives, necessarily. There are a lot of conservatives who are not far-right extremists, you know. And so the far-right extremists, that's the problem when we get far-right controlling the narrative. Trump has been pumping them up. They've been spreading their propaganda. And because I, I think in some parts they're narcissists authority, and and want power and feel threatened but most of it i think is because they've been indoctrinated by putin, trump's propaganda putin's propaganda you know there's an infiltration and there's a desire a human desire to be a part of something to have power and they play to those human emotions and human psychology in a way that taps into the dark side of that human eye it taps into bigotry, racism, hatred, fear, that they, they're professionals who know how to tap into that and, and, and create uh, people who will fight against their own interest. And we've seen that all the time. And we'll fight against freedom, even we though... Need, so we need people who can tap into the light, light of people. Yes, and have a more positive attitude. You know, be more positive about America and about... about our principles and the way we uh, choose to live. Thank you, Benjamin. I want to get everybody um, away in time for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's only two or, minutes. Or, or Puppy Bowl. <laughs> Don't miss yeah, that right. either. All right. Thank you, everybody. Okay, remember to register for our next program on um, character disturbance, and you can do that at tinyurl.com slash disturbed character. Rupert Murdoch thinks Fox viewers are stupid. He told us Fox stood with Trump, stood with America, that Fox was the mega network. But behind their backs, he was laughing. Rupert admits he knew from the start that the stolen election lie was a joke, a con, a fraud, a fraud he pulled on Donald Trump, the mega base, and the Fox audience. The people he made into mega heroes, off the air, they called them liars and crazies. Fox knew they were lying, but made millions tricking their viewers. Rupert knew the election wasn't stolen and told you it was. Sean and Tucker and Laura knew. Everyone at Fox knew. They lied and kept lying, even when it led to violence and death. That's Fox News, and that's the truth.